On today's Sports and Rec, we talk about a new golf event, the NCAA news about student-athletes, the NFL draft, and episodes three and four of The Last Dance before we hand out some sporties. We also experienced some audio issues this episode, so we apologize in advance. We are figuring this podcasting thing out as we go. Hope you enjoy the pod. Welcome to Sports and Rec. I'm Anthony Restivo alongside my friend Casey McGarvey and a new guest, another friend of ours, Nate Wheeler. Today is Thursday, April 30th. Let's get into it. Well, how is everyone doing? Uh, not too bad. Uh, another week in quarantine. Working through stuff, but nothing too bad. Sweet. Nate? Yeah, welcome. doing good here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here, guys. Perfect. Uh, and uh, Casey, to follow up, uh, I ended up, Sam ended up cutting my hair. So uh, she actually did a decent <laughs> job, though. <laughs> Didn't buzz right off. I think I'm going to get rid of the mustache this week. Oh, you Just shave it off already? I'm over it. It looks good. You know, I know I, look, I know I have that club in my bag now. So if I ever want to get back to it, I can easily grow a mustache. So I know you two baby faces don't understand that, but that's fine. It, it's months <laughs> from now. <so. laughs> yeah, she actually did pretty decent though uh she like started off doing like a much like well like a four on the sides and and then the back but she didn't touch the top so we kept it uh pretty pretty good uh for someone that's never done it before uh no complaints no surprise there yeah that's that's good yeah sam sam seems to know what she's doing we'll have to see a picture though. yeah i'll send one out to you guys (laughs) <laughs> not good for an audio medium uh but uh now let's get into um some of the stuff that we did or watched this week uh i dove into another show on netflix this uh this weekend uh you know both know my love of cooking tv shows so i started watching this show cooking with <laughs> cannabis um which i don't know if any of you guys have heard about that um but it's basically like a competition show um uh, there's like six episodes i think um and there's three chefs that they bring on. Actually, one of the hosts is Khalees. Do either of you remember Khalees and what? Oh, yeah, yeah. Milkshake. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, the song Milkshake. So she's one of the, the main hosts with another, uh, like, actual, like, food critic. And then they bring on, like, four uh, celebrity judges, which, by the way, I think Khalees is actually a chef now, apparently. Or she did some, like, cooking school thing. So she actually is legit. Um, just funny, funny wow. that we know her from, like, Milkshake. Uh, but yeah, so they bring on four <laughs> celebrity guests that are just basically there to eat and give opinions, uh, of the whole meal. Um, and so actually sports related, they brought on Nate Robinson and John Sally, who actually is in hmm. the last dance, um, episodes that we just watched cause he was a bad boy piston. So it's kind of, it was mm-hmm. kind of funny to watch that, but so there's three chefs, they have to make a full meal. So appetizer, um, entree and a dessert. And kind of incorporate weed in any of the dishes, uh, and then they just get judged on the overall meal and their kind of like strategy in incorporating the weed. So it's really interesting concept. No one gets eliminated. You get you get to make all three dishes, um, and then someone at the end just gets voted who had the best overall meal presentation, and they get like ten thousand bucks. But like this to me, cooking is is sports. So I like really enjoy watching this in the competition and and seeing people that are like really good at what they do. Um, perform those things so it was actually really cool to watch now cooking something i always want to get better at i really enjoy um doing stuff in the kitchen so uh any opportunity i get to watch a cooking show too this is totally a different spin i think that's really interesting yeah because they were they're incorporating like normally you think of like weed being an added to like brownies or cookies or 
you know, like right. those kind of treats and stuff. But like for yeah. this, it was like duck, roasted duck with like uh like scalloped potatoes or you know some version of that, which is kind of like or a soup, which was like I've never seen that before. Um, it just made me really want like a restaurant concept to kind of be built out of that. I think that'd be super cool to sure to do. That is cool. And is it like a mix of, you know, how are they doing it? Oil based? Yeah, oil, butters. And what they did is they went in before the competition to make their like whatever they were going to be using throughout the um, the competition. So they made that ahead of time using specific like they had access to a bunch of different strains and and they could do whatever they thought was going to make the most sense for them and be versatile for them. So uh, it was kind of and it, it was really interesting. They kind of dropped in little like factoids uh throughout um that kind of like bubbles like up on the screen so you don't get distracted by it and they don't like bog you down with like the science um but it's just quick little hits that are like oh that's interesting to know i didn't know that so it's fun i would highly encourage you to watch it if you get a chance super mindless and super fast to get through cool yeah not like that much else going on so yeah right add it to add it to the list um and then Casey, me and you, and I have a, an affinity for uh, Parks and Rec. You feel differently about it. Um, so you kind of <laughs> challenged. You said you were going to go and rewatch it. I thought it'd be fun to do a challenge where it's me versus you. Each you know, recurring segment week, we go through and give our opinions about specific episodes that we go through and watch. And then we'll come to a conclusion by the end of it uh, one way or the other. Uh, about who was right and whether or not Parks and Rec, which this logo, Sports and Rec, was inspired by, and even some of the segments were inspired by. Uh, so interested to see if you're down to do that. Nate, you can hop in and join as well. Well, definitely. I'd be I know I'm going to be right, so there's no issue with that. This isn't a super, this wow. isn't a super fair fight for you, and we already know what the conclusion is going to be. But yeah, I will, uh, I'll, I'll take part in that. Cool. Nate, are you, where, where do you fall on the spectrum of uh fandom of I'm, parks and rec i'm a fan i've i've watched the entire the entirety of it um but i also just heard thursday they're gonna yes. show like a special so i'm you know i'm a fan i'm not a huge fan but i would definitely rewatch hey, it so you're kind of the the unbiased uh third middle exactly. yeah perfect um, you're a good I actually did see that that news about Thursday too. By the way, uh, I'm super excited for that. The two of you are lucky yeah. that you had me in your life to set you both straight. So these are both <laughs> it's just concerning takes right now, and you both you both would be lost without me. So this is fine. This is just proving my point more and more. So it's all good. We'll see. We'll see. Friendship is a balancing act. <laughs> It'll be fun. We'll uh, we'll have a lot of fun with that. Um, sure. And Nate, you brought up current events, but let's dive into some other current event stuff that happened. Um, there recently was an announcement about a golf match. I think it's actually called the match, um, which is basically mm-hmm. some golf event similar to the Tiger Phil showdown showdown that they did. Um, I think it was last year now. Um, but basically they're adding it. Um, Brady and Peyton Manning, so they'll be paired up. Peyton Peyton with Tiger, and uh, Phil Mickelson with Tom Brady. Memorial Day weekend. I'm actually super excited for this event uh, because Peyton and Brady, I think, are actually supposed to be pretty good at golf. Um, I actually saw Peyton's places. Um, Brady and uh, right, yeah. Peyton were actually like chip doing some chip shots at Jim Nance's like mansion. Um, they both seem like they were pretty good, but I'm super excited for that. I wanted to see 
there's actually a bunch of other pairings I would have liked to see. Any people that you would have liked to have seen, celebrity or uh, golfer-wise? I mean, I would want to go back, and if I could see anybody, you know, Palmer and Nicholas back in the day, like, see them in a final pairing together, like, in their prime, I think would have been pretty cool. Uh, Celebrity-wise, I don't know. I think I would always rather have, you know, any pairing going into the final day of a major. You know, just the the excitement around that is, I think, what makes it. I mean, going back to the original Tiger versus Phil, this was supposed to be a pay-per-view for them, and it had so many technical issues, they had to make it free at, like, the last minute. Oh, yeah, I think I remember that. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I'll watch it. It's going to feed a need. I kind of believe the first one was a little bit of a bust because I don't know if Tiger and Phil took it super serious. Um, But I'm looking forward to adding in Peyton and Brady. Um, I think it'll be an interesting dynamic to see them out on the course together. Um, Because we've we've seen Tiger and Phil together so many times. You know, I think they thought of how they could make that better, and they're definitely trying to. Yeah, I would say just having, you know, Peyton and Brady together on on the course will be fun to watch. Um, If I were to get two people matched up, though, to, like, kind of compete in in an event like this, I'm a big McElroy fan, and to have him, I was thinking with Steph Curry, because I know Steph's a really good golfer. Okay. That would be quite the matchup. I actually really agree with you. I actually came up with five. I almost included McElroy, but I ended up doing Steph with Jordan Spieth. Uh, okay, because they both are Under Armour athletes, mm. uh, but for the same reason, because Steph is awesome. Um, and then I had uh, Brooks Kapka with Mike Trout, because recently Mike Trout was at like um, one of those like driving range things and just crushed the drive. So, and I feel like they kind of are built the same way and look similar. Um, yeah, so that would be actually a kind of a fun matchup. I heard Rafael Nadal is really good at golf so pairing him with Sergio Garcia both Spain, uh, Spaniards that would be a really fun one um, I had Ricky Fowler and I don't even know if Russell Westbrook can play golf but because they both have like <laughs> wild outfits I would be interested to see what Russell Westbrook would wear on the golf course um, so I thought that would be fun and then the only I like Justin Thomas a lot and I know Tony Romo um, was doing some like work before so I thought those two being paired together would be a lot of fun as well but yeah, I, I think there's a lot of things that they could do with this. I'd love to see them kind of like make this a regular thing in some way. I I think it's awesome. Uh, they do. I know they always have to get. They had to get special um, clearance from the PGA. They had to get rights fees. So that might be some mm. reason why they don't do this on a regular basis. And then obviously you have just a general PGA season to always deal with with right. this. Um, right. Right. But no, those are some good pairings. I, I'm a big Brooks Kepka guy. I love him. I think I'd watch him in anything. I like how he's pretty nonchalant about the game, but right. he's still just unreal about it. Um, oh, he's so good. And Steph Curry and Rory, I like that one. I think that one would be really good also. Yeah, I was trying to find a good pairing for Rory. I couldn't think of one off the top of my head, but yeah, I think you can honestly just pick any um, good like celebrity like Steph Curry, and that would be a lot of fun to watch. I, yeah. I also think the lowest hanging fruit that none of us said really was uh, – Jordan, and because he's a betting maniac. I mean, he's almost a generate gambler the way he plays. I think um, uh, a golfer came out this week and said that that's the guy he wants to play against leading up to tournaments because he 
plays for so much money, like it scares you and it like gets oh, you ready for the tournament. Um, so I think Jordan would be a fun one to see out there with those guys. Yeah, I was, trying, I was trying to think. Obviously, that that is definitely a good answer. I was just trying to, because we're already talking about him so much, I was like, let me try and think of some other For sure. uh, people. Uh, but yeah, Jordan, obviously, on any any in, in any competition like this would uh, be pretty awesome to, to kind of see how he competes um, and has fun with it. Um, which leads me to, uh, Nate, you were like seeing Peyton and Brady just kind of battle again is going to be a lot of fun. So who do you think actually ends up winning this one? I know Phil technically beat Tiger in the last in their one-on-one matchup, but interested to hear who you both think would actually win this. I've got to go with Phil and Brady. Just you know, <laughs> I know it's probably not the smartest uh, pick <laughs> from a, a golf standpoint because I I think Tiger and Peyton are actually skill-wise better. Um, but you know, Phil Phil and Brady both are able to pull out wins at the last you know whether it's the last hole or the last play of the game. Uh, fourth quarter so that's that's my pick right there yeah it's a tough one for me uh phil's a lefty and i obviously uh oh yeah right always been a big phil fan but i don't know if i go against tiger again um so it's tough i don't know i'm not sure i I didn't dive too deep into the rules if they're playing you know best ball or every other shot or how they're doing it um with each other but um It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting for sure. So, yeah, I think I'd go with Tiger and Peyton just because I think Tiger wouldn't want to lose twice. Um, but it is for charity too, so maybe they'll just have some fun with it. Uh, but it's going to be a, a fun thing to watch for sure. Um, cool. And then Nate, uh, we are lucky enough to have you. We, your coach uh, in sports, and had your lacrosse season um, kind of as of now postponed. And obviously that's happening throughout sports, but it's interesting to get your perspective on um, things that are happening in that world and, and how you feel about everything that's going on in terms of, you know, seasons kind of being put on hold for now. Yeah, definitely. I'll, uh, I'll speak to that. It's been, uh, it's been a roller coaster to say the least. Um, Connecticut has taken a very um, kind of hands-off approach when we look at the interscholastic athletic uh, council. They've, They've been pushing the decision, you know, since we started back in March now through the middle of April. Um, <clears throat> Connecticut has made the decision that they are canceling the tournaments uh, for the spring, but they haven't technically canceled the regular season. Um, so that I think my idea is that they're actually waiting for the governor to just cancel school and keep it online for the rest of the year to then make their decision because it will will have been made for them. Um, But I was intrigued by the fact that they canceled tournaments. Um, So there is hope for a regular season, uh, and I'm holding on to that because, you know, my seniors, my whole team, I'm trying to keep them, trying to keep them active during this whole quarantine time. Um, it's it's just hard, you know. I'm doing all the different challenges that are going around, uh, sending them workouts. Um, so there's 22 states that have canceled their season uh, across the U.S., um, and that's mostly due to the fact that they're not going back to school. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a weird time. But, yeah, it's kind of interesting that they only canceled the tournaments but not the actual regular season yet. 
Yeah, it extends the waiting game, which is which is you know it just tugs on your heartstrings a lot right now. Yeah, we initially did the same thing at Elizabethtown, or at least our conference did. In um, they can't obviously the NCAA canceled all spring sport championships along right. with the winter ones to go with that. Um, and we made an initial attempt to keep our landmark conference schedule, the conference we belong to. Um, and at least try to save a regular season, but that's obvious. It obviously just wasn't going to work out clearly after a short time. We figured that out. And I mean, now we're, our, our kids are running into their last week of classes this week remotely. And then they have exams that week, next week. So we obviously aren't going to get to a point where we can um, have them back on the field. You know, we're trying to think of different ideas to celebrate them in the fall. Right. And I think we've been doing a good job of celebrating them uh, right now, this spring. But I, I really feel bad for those kids. I was lucky enough to travel with our baseball team to start the season uh, before this all hit the fan. Um, and it just, it just, I can't imagine being a senior and just getting ripped away. I mean, one of the craziest things that I had to do that I never thought I would have to do in the profession is go up to coaches and tell them, hey, your, your season's canceled. Yeah. So I, I just never thought that'd be one thing I'd have to say or write a release for our website saying sports are canceled. So it's, it's still a pretty mind boggling thing. I still think, and it's just something I hope I never have to deal with again. Right. Yeah. Let's hope this is a, a one-off case um, that doesn't become a regular thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing in terms of the seniors. Um, it's, it's really tough to kind of see their either careers or seasons or, um, you know, whatever kind of come to an end uh, in this way. I'm not really getting a, like that last shot or, you know, right. last opportunity to play. That's tough. Um, which actually has been a nice tie into um, some NCAA news that we actually just found out today um, around student athletes being able to, uh, like, at least their support for it, um, to profit off their image, name, and likeness starting in 2120. Uh, 2021 and 2022 um which is actually it's very exciting for me from a very selfish standpoint in that that is a very good opportunity for the video games to come back i knew that was coming and NCAA, <laughs> NCAA yep. football and NCAA basketball used to be some of my favorite video games so i'm very excited uh for the potential of that coming back but obviously this is uh, from a bigger p- picture and outside of that perspective um very exciting for for the athletes what do you uh, what do you all think about that? I know I know California kind of spearheaded this and and kind of uh, got the ball rolling, and I don't know how much that influenced this, but uh, I think it's really exciting news. Uh, I'll definitely jump in on that. I think it's I think it's great. I think it allows the student athletes to build their own brand, um, you know, especially for those that might not go into professional sports. Uh, they have something. Um, to kind of revolve around their college years, so I think that's pretty exciting. But Case, I know you're you're more affiliated with that and connected. Sure, with it. So what I, do I mean, you think? I think it's a great opportunity for them. Um, like you just said, they're going to get an opportunity to get make money. Um, the NCA is doing its best to curtail any sort of recruit recruiting. Um, so. Hold on one sec. I'm getting feedback. No worries, dude. We're uh, <laughs> doing the best we can with what we got. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, it's interesting. The uh, the whole take on the NCAA, NCAA allowing that, I think, is a huge step in the in the the right direction for the future of where sports can go. Um, you know, tying it in with everything, being brand ambassadors. There's so many companies now that you know athletes can can be connected with in a good way. Um, so I think it's it's going to be a great thing. Yeah, I it will be um it'll be great for the future of of that and especially as like the leagues like NBA and probably other um start to do things like uh giving them an outlet to skip college um and start making money right away. This kind of uh provides an alternative path um that hopefully would still keep the quality and and competition at the NCAA level um still really high um because the other leagues are starting to do things to, to help those kids that they weren't getting from the NCAA um, yeah. in the past. So yeah, it'll be exciting um, in the moving forward. Uh, cool. Like let's um, let's switch into some of our uh, main topics, which actually involves college athletes. Uh, we'll start with the, the NFL draft, which happened on uh, last Thursday uh, and wanted to hear everyone's thoughts on um there what happened there and uh any big news or storylines that kind of stood out to them so i was watching obviously two teams very closely uh (laughs) my my patriots um and then i also was watching tampa bay just because of you know recent events with tom brady and gronk um how are you doing with that by the way (laughs) it's it's uh it's been interesting um i'm not a tampa bay fan (laughs) yeah Um, not you're not becoming one no i'm not going to jump on that i will continue to watch them and you know watch brady and and his progress but i'm always going to be a pats fan you know i've been a pats fan since i was born back you know the early days with uh drew bledsoe and you know when we weren't that great so um but I'm a huge Belichick fan, and that's kind of why I was very interested in the way he drafts. Um, and a lot of people were criticizing him because of the the trading of the draft picks and uh, letting go of that round one pick. Uh, but I, f- I feel like he, he came out of the draft pretty well balanced for the team that he needs to have for this year i think they're not in a whole rebuilding program yet but they're in a a spot where they can stay steadfast and do pretty well this year um depending on how everyone meshes uh so i mean i was i was happy with the people um couple people that definitely jumped out were uh duggar the safety um, he was their f- actual first pick and then, um, getting two tight ends back to back was a big move. So definitely filling a void that, that the team needed. And then the kicker, um, Roy oh, yeah, Lester, they we needed that. Kowski, right? Yeah. So that was a big, that was a big move, but I think, I think it was important. Um, and then, yeah. You know, what do you think? What did you take from from that? I don't know if you were paying attention to them. I know they're not your team. No, I it was still kind of following along because I was wondering if they were – one, I was worried that they were going to trade up to potentially draft uh, Tua, which would have made me very nervous and scared. Right. Luckily, they did not do that. Um, 
and they actually traded out the first round entirely. <laughs> um, but I was more interested in, in seeing what their strategy for the Patriots, what their strategy was, um, you know, post Brady and now post Gronk as well. Um, yeah, so it was – I didn't follow it closely. I was just wondering if they would take a quarterback, and um, I don't think they ended up doing that at all. So, which was no. – Yeah, they took surprising. one after. Yeah, I wonder what they'll do now or if they'll stick with, with what they got um, or if they'll try to find a free agent. Um, like, I know Cam Newton's still out there. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it, they've expressed zero interest in signing him. So, yeah, from, from that end of things, other – Things that were uh, stand out to me. Um, obviously, I'm a Cowboys fan, so um, I, I talked about this with Casey last week. Is like really only followed the first ten picks, and then kind of just followed along on my phone. But like mm-hmm. actually watched the first ten, and then, um, but I was trying to see who the Cowboys ended up getting, and so I was really surprised to see uh, CD Lamb kind of fall to them at 17. A lot of people thought he would be the first wide receiver taken. Instead, he ended up being the third. Right, um, which is great for us because basically they ended up just taking the best player available. Um, makes me very excited for um, the Cowboys' offense. I think they're that's such a, a high-powered offense. I can't wait to watch them. Yeah, it's uh, huge for Dak to get that pickup. Yeah, Dak uh, helps Amari Cooper, helps Zeke. Um, yeah, it's gonna be really fun to watch them with a new co- a new coach, and and that seems to be really exciting because it seems like they did that for the second round too, kind of just taking the best player available, and they got a good cornerback, which they need help with. So, yeah, I was pleased. Mina Kimes, who's my favorite NFL analyst from ESPN, uh, gave them high reviews. So I, I was super stoked for that. Uh, I was good with the Steelers. Um, they didn't have a first round pick because they traded for Minka Fitzpatrick last year. Um, plays in the secondary which i'm fine with he was an all pro last year so just as good as a first round pick um they did take, take a notre dame receiver my favorite college team in the second round so i was good with that so overall i was happy about that um the biggest takeaway though for me you know just going through the first round and i think nate will be able to speak to this a little bit um you have kids that like just want to specialize in things right away like when they get to high school and just play one sport and all these picks they were listing off were two and three sport athletes in in high school, uh, just dominated everything they did and did multiple things. I mean, Joe Burrow was an all state basketball player. Uh, Chase Young played basketball also. Isaiah Simmons, who I think might have been the steal of the draft, uh, linebacker to the Cardinals, um, he played football and ran track yeah. and field. He's there was a video that popped up. She's as fast as the running back Travis Enney in there. And then um, Tristan yeah, Wirth, who that. went to the um, the Buccaneers, played right. football. Tampa. An, uh, all-state yeah. wrestler and a state champion track and field. I think he was state champion wrestling, too. So, I mean, that's – yeah. And can jump out so, of the pool. Like, yeah. I don't know if you saw that so, <laughs> Yes. I to kids are, don't feel like you have to specialize in one sport. So many of these college coaches, especially with football players, they want to see – kids do multiple different sports so enjoy your high school do a bunch of different sports be good at a bunch of different things so you don't burn yourself out and have some fun like clearly that's what these guys are doing and look where they're going they're being drafted top 15 in the draft so yeah i actually there's a book uh i think i could get the author wrong but i know the name of the book is range um, and this is actually one of the things he talks about is, is how important it is for athletes, especially at a, that younger age, to kind of participate in multiple sports. 
sure. um, before they specialize um, because it allows them to kind of learn and apply the, the skills from each of those sports into um, various uh, other sports that they are participating in. Like you can take elements of basketball and apply it to soccer and, and so on and so forth down the line. Um, and that some of the best athletes that, or the most successful athletes were ones that played multiple sports, like you were saying. I know LeBron even played football uh, in um, yep. high school up to a certain point um, while playing basketball and actually probably could have been, in all reality, probably could have gone to the pros if he had gone to I don't know. himself. He, he, Guys, yeah, we- he wants freak a athlete. I'm so happy that they took Tua at five, though. I thought that was the right pick. Uh, there was rumors that Herbert could go there at five, and Tua could end up falling after that. Um, or, you know, there was even some other speculation there, but I, I'm glad. I think that was the right spot for him. I mean, there's an argument he could have even been the number one pick. Right. Um, I know that Burrow is definitely the safer bet there, and probably not going to get fired for for um, drafting Burrow. I'm not. I'm not overly worried. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I think they. I think they need a year or two to adjust. You can have a plan in in place with your coaching and your, you know, your GM, but it, it's not a light switch. Yeah, no, that's fair. I I think it will take some time, but uh, I think it's really exciting um, shift happening there. It's going to be really competitive. Um, So I'm looking forward to, one, watching his career and seeing how it pans out and then just seeing what happens in that division because I think Belichick's not going to go down without a fight. The Bills are kind of on the up. The Jets will have the money and market to compete, and the Dolphins seem to maybe have one of the best quarterbacks uh, or at least a ceiling for having one of the best, best quarterbacks in the well, in That's the league, a big take already. I don't know. I just think he, he was so good in college, and he's such a talented quarterback. I mean, he obviously coaching plays a huge factor into that as long, uh, and his health, but um, I, he was just so good. I, I really look forward to, to kind of seeing how he Yeah, I definitely think out. the ceiling's there. Um, hopefully he gets a few years to figure things out. Yeah, I hope so too, and I hope he stays healthy. Um, yeah, that, that was the thing I was most looking forward to in this draft. But there was some other stuff that happened. Uh, quickly touching on Goodell uh, was an interesting <laughs> uh, case study in encouraging the booze. Which, uh, how did you feel about that? Like him kind of going in, and it looked like especially Michael Strahan enjoyed booing him. Uh, I don't know if you saw the video, but he was very enthusiastic yeah, with his is... booze. <laughs> He knows where he is. He he keeps all the owners happy. He's not getting fired as long as they're making money, and he knows it. So he just doesn't care. Boo him. Don't like him. Yeah, whatever. He, has, he just doesn't care, and he probably just loved it. He got to sit in his lounger, announce draft picks from his house, not really be around a crowd. Um, I, I do give ESPN right. credit. I thought they did a pretty good job in a pretty crummy situation, but – Goodell is so smug and arrogant, and he just knows that he's, hey, I make money for the owners. I know that's what they want. I'm good to go. Boo me. Don't like me. I don't care. He's a, he's, he's a super villain. Right. Yeah. I don't I, think I, it was I, his plan. I think he just, like Casey said, he's just like, okay, you know, no big deal. Yeah, let's just like just do uh, it. Trying to make himself seem cooler than he is by like, look, guys, I'm <laughs> I'm okay with this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's just like crying inside. Uh, 
the other uh, piece, I was actually surprised there was little to no technical issues, which was a little disappointing because I wanted to see what would happen if there were some tech issues and internet connections going out and, and flaws there. But it was, that was, I mean, it's good. It's just a sign of like how far things have come and how well they prepared. But also I wanted to see the, the train. I mean, too. I'm sure they <laughs> tested and tested and tested. I can't like that's millions and possibly just billions of dollars right there over those are the amount of days that you have a screw up oh my gosh like you screw up a draft pick you yeah. screw up anything like that timing gets mixed up Oof. Oof. that would right well they did they did do a test run and apparently they had some issues but they were able to obviously fix those uh, up but um no it's too bad because i think it would have been giving us something more to talk about um but also <laughs> like it kind of is a sign that like, Hey, maybe we can rethink this uh, kind of concept in general um, and explore other ways of, of doing events like this. And I think it's a good uh, kind of uh, mirror for what the NBA draft uh, should think about doing for when theirs is up in, uh, in June. Uh, the only other big news story from the draft that I was interested in hearing your thoughts on was the uh, Packers selection of Jordan Love in the first round. Oof. So, so there's an interesting one. Favre ended up talking out at the end of the, I'll get to that, but it, I just thought it was so interesting, the parallels. So they drafted Jordan Love, the 26th pick, and Aaron Rodgers is 36. Mm-hmm. When Rodgers was drafted, he was drafted 24th, and Favre was 35. So it's just really interesting how close those things are and wonder if history is repeating itself i don't know that jordan love is aaron Rodgers. <laughs> i i don't think that's the case but i, I there's no necessary no, nothing holding him back from that happening either um but just really interesting that that's the um mentality i think Packers the, have right the now. most ridiculous oh. thing for aaron Rodgers in his case proving i think that he is a great quarterback truly He's completed one touchdown pass to a first-round pick in his 14-year career. They have never drafted I saw that. Him I saw that. a yeah. receiver, tight end, playmaker in the first round. They, they, what are you doing? You haven't given him any tools or anything to grow with or create a relationship with. Like One touchdown pass is mind-blowing. Right. That's why. And he has one year left, right, on his – no, he's got like three, I think. He? And he wants to I think he wants to play for a while too. But that was what Favre Favre was doing in an interview and he said, first of all, that like most of us, Rogers was surprised by the pick. Um, but that Favre also predicts that Rogers now won't finish his career with the Packers. Mm. Uh, he's a free agent in twenty twenty four. Okay, so yeah, you're yeah. right, three years, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be uh an interesting uh way of seeing how his career pans out and wonder if he actually will finish in, in Green Bay now. Um, a life for, for now, but like, I know there's a person in New England that would probably happily That'd take him on. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He, he'll, he'll draw a big, big payday. So I don't know if Bill will pay him that or not. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see if he's able to maintain it. Cause I think Brady's an anomaly. Um, but Roger seems like he could, if he stays healthy, could also uh, play into his 40s. Um, so that would give him at least four more years um, of playing time, if not longer, if he's able to do anything on the level of Brady getting into like the 
like mid forties. Yeah. Because uh, that gives him that's basically almost eight years if he were to get to like forty four. Yeah, I think Bill. Yeah, I, that's I think Bill made it clear that he's not looking for a quarterback for the oh, Patriots right now. Very. <laughs> no, I think I think he's uh, set on Jarrett. He so. definitely, and I think he probably would have gotten rid of Brady sooner and would have kept Garoppolo. But I, I, I definitely think oh, yeah. Kraft oh, stepped yeah. in and was like, Brady's my guy, you're keeping him. Like, like, no, you're not getting rid of him. I think so, too. So, I think so, too. Um, yeah, I agree with Nate on that one. All right. Well, it'll be fun to watch and let's, uh, wish all these guys that were drafted best of luck, healthy careers, long careers, and successful careers. And let's see how things go um, moving forward. And, and actually, if the season even ends up happening or, yeah, or yeah. the short season, it'll be, uh, be interesting to see how it all comes together um, and what will end up happening in the coming months sure. with that season. Uh, the other thing, uh, we – followed the last dance um last week and now we had episodes three and four come out on sunday kind of profiling Dennis rodman bad boy pistons and a little bit of phil jackson in there as well so let's uh talk about that and wanted to hear everyone's thoughts to episode um, three and I, four you know i'm enjoying it. i'm really enjoying these and clearly america is they're averaging six million viewers on sunday night for these so clearly people want their sports back. And I think everything Jordan touches turns to gold for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, Anthony, I read your blog this week, Salute My Sports, and I saw that you wanted more from Dennis Rodman. Um, I think what we're learning more as we go into this, and, you know, I think you probably could have realized it from the first few episodes, I think we can replace with the, in the the last dance, with Jordan's last dance. This is his story, and yeah. he definitely, you can tell, had all sorts of, you know, production rights to this of what goes in and what goes yeah. out. And I agree mm-hmm. with you. I think I would have liked more about Dennis Rodman. That being said, you dive any more into Dennis Rodman's life, you get very controversial. And I don't think Jordan yeah. wants yes. this to be a controversial documentary. Like, right. Well, it's not what it's about either, right? Like, this, he was like, his story is uh, a part, but not doesn't need the amount of time of like you know beyond the main episode that he was kind of he wants to. he wants it to yes. be basketball you know and and yeah and, and yeah exactly and not the politics of of Rodman post basketball yeah, life that yeah and any of the other shenanigans that he right you know right. had going on with with his entire well, shenanigans career, is a word for it. Like Jordan's like, yeah, we need to talk about Robin a little bit. People will be interested, but I think Nate, you hit on the head. This is a basketball documentary and that's the way he wants it. The only drama you're going to find is around the team. Um, the quotes that yeah. came out. Um, I think they're doing a pretty good job. Like, obviously if you want, especially for us in our generation, we could go back and read everything that happens and you kind of know how this ends. But at the same time, I think they're doing a good job with cliffhangers on the final episode of each, of each weekend. Oh yeah. And like, oh, yeah. Yeah, again, we all know what happens at the end. It's no surprise, but I still am learning things as they go. Yeah. There is a lot to learn about um, Rodman. I first, again, similar backstory situation, wasn't aware of it. So it was kind of interesting to hear about that. Um, his college career was super fascinating that he like 
averaged 20 points in college because yeah. you don't think of Rodman as being any um, like kind of offensive highlights or they're not his. He's either playing defense or rebounding or yeah. doing something controversial like a hustle play um, or kicking a yeah. cameraman or something <laughs> like that. Um, but like the other, they gave like some fact uh, about him. Like it was like seven games with 20 rebounds and zero points. And that's like the most in NBA history or something like that. That's just crazy that he has 20 re- rebound and zero point games. Um, and I also found when he was talking about rebounding and his kind of philosophy and, and how he thought about it, it was both equally fascinating and confusing because he was like, and he goes, the ball goes here and, and yeah. goes up there. I was like, dude, I have no idea what you're talking about, but this is also fascinating to hear you describe this as well. Well, he was talking about how at practice he would just make someone throw the, bo- throw the ball against the boards. Right. From different yeah, different spots, and and he would just you know jump and get it. But yeah, that has become probably the greatest uh, recent internet meme right now. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's so good. Uh, yeah, so that was and the crazy story about uh, Phil Jackson, which we'll get to him. But like the fact that he ended up allowing basically oh let him go on vacation mid season. Um, initially, only forty eight hours of permission to go to Vegas. But, like, clearly he broke that and went beyond that. It's just wild that that was how Phil Jackson uh, was handling him. It, it makes sense. There's probably not many other ways to handle that situation. But just, you know, to hear an NBA athlete asking for a vacation midseason just so he could go, like, party. Uh, and Phil Jackson, one of the greatest coaches, kind of being like, yeah, sure. Go yeah, I mean, it was funny because he constantly kept saying throughout it, like, yeah, you know, Jordan and Pippen, you know, they uh, they accepted me for who I was. No, you were really good right. at basketball, and Jordan <laughs> needs you to win another championship. So that's why he kept you around for so long. I don't know if Jordan really cared right. what he did or didn't do off the court. Um, he just gave you a leash because he needed you. So I don't know if Jordan accepted him or didn't accept him for anything he did, but if you're really good at basketball, we'll let a lot of stuff slide. Yeah, I mean, clearly the practice that he showed up in his pajamas, and then I think he was drinking. He was drinking a kamikaze. So he says, I believe um, it. But yeah, I mean, it wouldn't shock me at this point. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, it was kind of interesting, though. Like he seemed to be the most fit person, though, even after stretches like that. I think the story Jordan shared was that they were trying to give him an advantage and some like running drill that they were doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rod was kind of like, oh, I don't need that. And like actually blew all of them out of the water <laughs> with it, which, yeah, that, that's just uh, a freak of nature in terms of uh, physical uh, ability. If he's able to do what he was doing partying wise during all that time. And then also, you don't teach that. Not level. a lot of people can do it. Right. No. Right. No, definitely not. Um, and what is like, I learned a lot about Phil, uh, Jackson during all this one fascinating to hear about the triangle offense uh, how it was kind of uh, originated and kind of came from an assistant but like I also learned one that Phil Jackson was a hippie kind yeah. of uh, yeah. dr- druggy kid but he also had two I think he won yeah. two titles with the Knicks so the guy has 13 titles total which is just unbelievable like that's so many <laughs> I was fascinated by his his coaching philosophy and how he like incorporated, you know, Native American 
uh, techniques and, and styles from his childhood, you know, when he was in Montana and he brought that in to the bulls and they accepted it. Um, you know, being a coach, that was just really interesting to hear that he was able to create that culture, even though he was there before under Collins, just to have that was huge. Um, and I think the triangle offense, which you touched on at, that is, you know, so similar to um, offensive styles that we teach in the lacrosse world. And it, it, there's so many parallels. I'm, I was watching the documentary and I'm just thinking, oh, this is, this is just like lacrosse. Um, yeah, soccer has that yeah. triangle. So I was, I was very impressed with how they, they you know, brought Phil and, and really talked about him and his style. Uh, I definitely think he's the greatest basketball coach of all time and possibly the greatest coach. I mean, there's a lot of people out of there that know X's and O's, and I think you can definitely attest this, Nate. But, you know, one thing I like to say a lot is it's not always about the X's and the O's, but the Jimmy's and the Joe's. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and mm-hmm. we'll throw at him like, oh, good for you. You got to coach Jordan, Pippen, Shaq, and Kobe. Of course you had all those rings. Yeah, but you have to balance all those people out. And the amount of egos you have to feed and, and keep together yeah. that long is super impressive. Um, I think he made MJ the player he was. Because um, before that, Doug Collins just he attached his wagon to Jordan, yeah. hero yes. ball, and yeah. did everything he could to keep Jordan happy. Um, and, I, and I don't totally blame him. You know, he's trying to keep his job, and he's like, "Well, if Jordan's happy, he's going to keep me on here." And that clearly didn't work out for him. Now, yeah, Jordan does talk about, um, you know, he had to pass the ball more. He didn't always have the ball this, that, mm-hmm. you know, individual accomplishments. That being said, he did lead the league in scoring seven of the eight years he played for Jackson. So he still did score play. Right. So, like, um, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, I think his ability to manage players, which I think when you get to the professional level, everybody knows how to coach an offense. Everybody knows how to coach a defense. Right. Everybody knows the ins and outs of basketballs. If you can't manage egos and players, like you're just not going to make it at that level. So I think, well, and I think we saw that with yeah, Rodman for sure. You know how he handled that situation. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. It's at that level, you're not really learning anything new or learning fundamentals. It's basically manage, like you said, Casey, managing egos, managing people, and those are some of the biggest egos he had to. Uh, coach and be around for I don't know how many years he ended up coaching but like I think it was around 20 years and that's yeah. that's no small feat um, the other huge part of this documentary was the uh, yeah. Bad Boy Pistons um, which I was really, really excited about because that, that's just a fascinating team in general um, and their story you know winning back to back titles in, in the midst of the Lakers and Celtics magic mm-hmm. and Larry run and then kind of sandwiched in between uh, Michael's run with the Bulls, at least his first one. Um, and the rivalry that existed there, I mean, between the Jordan rules and then I actually didn't know about the walking off without shaking yeah. your hands in the 91 conference finals. What were your own thoughts it, on that? Own it, own it. Like Bill Lambeer owned it in his interviews afterwards, which yeah, he did. if you're going to be the villains, you have to own it. They were a bunch of dirty thugs that took advantage of the league at the time. The league allowed for all that yeah. fouling and stuff. 
And Jordan, after playing the Pistons, pretty much turned that around and made it kind of a stars league. Um, but Isaiah Thomas is just a little squid. And, you know, not <laughs> owning it, like, yeah. Very he's, oh, good, he's a good player. I'm not, I'm not arguing he was a good player, but, like, he was all about it when he had, you know, Lambeer and um, Mahorn and all those guys protecting him. But now that public opinions come after him, he's, like, completely backtracking on it. And, again, I think this comes back to the point of, you know, Jordan is pulling the strings on this documentary. So he's going to get the last word on everything, which he did. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't think Isaiah Thomas does himself any favors in the internet, in the interviews he did um, afterwards. I think it just made him look kind of sad and like, own it, own it. You were, you were the bad boy Pistons. You know, you didn't shake their hands because that was your, that's your style at the time. Um, I don't agree with it. And clearly the Celtics did the same things. I'm a Celtics fan. I don't like that the Celtics did that either. You know, you win your class right. or you lose with class, but I guess they didn't win with class either, so. Right, and the the Celtics thing, I guess there's more layers to it. Apparently it was um, around a time when fans would still rush the court and the, the Celtics were in Detroit, so they were trying to get out before the fans right. did no, not get not... hurt or, or be in any danger. But the 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 biggest thing to me was that MJ stayed around uh, the year before yep. and congratulate like you saw the Bulls yeah. out congratulating them when they moved on. So regardless of whatever the Celtics had done, you know, years prior, one, you had already won the title um, like the year before and you lost or you won in 90 and Jordan's still there shaking your hand. So like the very least you can show him sure. that same respect because uh, they were passing the torch and you saw it in um, 91 when Jordan finally won magic right embraced him at the end and kind of like was super excited for him and happy for him and you know magic saw it as this is you know my time's up essentially because he ended up not really playing I think that was his last year why well, I mean he came back after the HIV um, years but he uh, he was kind of passing the torch and stayed behind yeah I think it's a little, I think you know it was the end for Magic. He played one more year after that, um, but definitely was the end of the run for the Celtics. It was the end of the run for the Lakers. So it was the end of the run for the Pistons. I mean, that they were no, they out. weren't not at all. Yeah. So I, I think Larry and Magic realized it was done for them. I think at that point, if you had told the Pistons, like or if you had asked the Pistons, "Is your time over?" I don't think they would have agreed with that. Um, looking back, it's definitely yeah. Done, that's... But, um, where you were at with, you know, Larry's back was done for. We didn't know about the HIV with Magic yet, but he was also towards the end of his career also. So I think it was definitely a little easy for them to make right. up. Um, do you guys miss, yeah. like, I miss these rivalries. That's what I really miss. Um, that's the yes. biggest part for me that I miss the most. Yeah, I I did see a little bit of that happening with the, um, it was like the Heat and the Spurs were kind of going at it. You just have to have the same teams kind of like competing at the same time um, with what was happening when LeBron was with the Heat. And it kind of happened again um, with the Warriors and the Cavs, specifically like LeBron against Curry um, and then KD eventually. Um, But I thought those were some interesting rivalries. But yeah, not to this level where it's Lakers, Celtics, Magic, Larry, you know, Jordan, Pistons. 
um, or even uh, Bulls, Jazz, because they play each other two years in a row. Um, but yeah, not to not to those levels anymore. Which is yeah. But here's the thing you said there though, which is completely shifted, and I'm very okay with it because I think the players should make as much money as they can within their short window. The rivalries you talk about now are between players, not so much between teams yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, and that's right. because players have a lot more power these days. To which I know they leave them more all, frequently. Like, Go make your money, and that's a lot of times leaving teams and finding where you can get a max contract. So, like, I can obviously respect that, but I still do miss the rivalries. And instead, now we have Aaron Gordon rapping about Dwayne Wade giving him a bad score in the dunk right. contest. <laughs> but then making up afterwards, too. So. Yeah, it makes me miss, though, those, you know, lifetime players to one yes. team. yes. Yeah, it's going to be um, – I wonder if we'll see. We'll um, ever see that. How, that moving forward or, or how little that will actually end up right. happening moving forward. Uh, but just too bad. I did love um, Horace Grant <laughs> calling them straight up. Yes. yes. Uh, that was, what a yes. great line. <laughs> uh, that's all timer. Uh, and, Casey, you had a question uh, based off the last dance uh, around uh, Yes. Um, you know, I was thinking about this. You know, you send out the weekly rundown and we go through some different ideas and then we, we spitballed it a little more. But my question is, with limited caveats, is if you could have a documentary made about anything, uh, give me a sports one and then give me something else, pop culture, anything. It, no hold barred. Like you get to find out everything within the documentary and it hasn't been made. Um, well, I guess we can take some turns. I'll go first with my first one for me, would have been uh, the home run chase between Maguire and Sosa. Um, you, you know, that Ooh, pretty much yeah. pulled me into baseball. Um, I remember that summer I had books. I remember watching them, ESPN every morning, watching them hit. Um, that was before I realized steroids really were a thing. Um, I don't care <laughs> now. Like, I still think it was freaking awesome. That would still be a but fascinating it, like, element. That's the element I wanted. Yeah. Like, give me the steroid side of it, too, and let them talk about it. Uh, the history of the two players, you know, interviews from other players on their teams, like what was it like being another player on that team while that was going on? Like that, you know, took over the summer that year, the two of them going back and forth, you know, I just think that would be something pretty cool to see. I'll go next. I, I actually hey, wrote down a bunch, but in the Met, like, for the sake of time, I'll I'll narrow it down and I'll share some honorable mentions. The and this one's kind of a combo pop culture uh, sports one, but uh, I don't know how much you both know. I loved the uh, site Grantland, um, which was started by Bill Simmons. Um, it was kind of an offshoot site on ESPN, uh, and I want a documentary on that and the downfall of it because it was sure. randomly shut down and it was kind of. Hmm what led to Bill Simmons ending up leaving ESPN gotcha. and, and a bunch of other stuff, kind of all those things kind of happened all at once. But that was one of my favorite sites I would go to regularly. Um, and it was like a beloved site by like a lot of like the people that read the articles. Um, and I would love to just get an inside like story of like how it started, what ended up happening, the downfall of it. Um, so that's one that Bill, would be really interesting to me. From a Bill Simmons on record saying, like he knows a lot about ESPN, but's never come out about it, right? 
I, I think he's opened up more recently um, talking about things. But, yeah, I think it would be uh, interesting to get his perspective and even some I would love to know, like, there. everything that he knows. I'm sure, like you said, that was super successful. That brought him to where he is today. Um, I think it was a little edgier back then, too. And I think it would just be interesting to hear, like, why did it get shut down? Hmm. Yeah. My uh, my sports one would be I had a couple written down, but um, I think with the big three era of the Celtics uh, with Garnett, Pierce, Allen, and then the oh, addition yeah. of Rondo, just because the whole you know last dance one has me in a basketball yep. mood, I'd like to see that and get the details of that because they were you know they were amazing together, but I'm sure there's a lot that we don't. Well, know they about. still don't talk to Ray Allen, right? Right. Yeah, they're pissed because yeah, he went to the Heat. Right. They even took him out of like a, a group chat and all that sort of stuff. I think that team still has a group chat, except for him. So petty, Jeez. petty. Yeah, petty. The NBA is just a petty league for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Casey, what's okay. your pop you culture know, one? You, you, the two years, oh boy. Yes, yes. Star yes. Wars. So. This is- <laughs> This I knew it. Because there has been Star Wars documentaries made. Um, more around the making of it. Everybody knows, you know, like the first Star Wars wasn't all was almost not made and all that. But George Lucas is a super private person. Um, and I respect him for that, but I would love to be able to dive more into his life. Um, the actual like on set behind the scenes stuff. Um, Harrison Ford had an affair with Carrie Fisher during the first one. Um there was issues with unions and different things like that that happened on that set um, with the filming and different things like that. And then the amount of technology that came from Star Wars being made, um, I think it's super interesting. Like Anthony, you're a big Pixar guy. You would not have Pixar without Star Wars because the technology came from Star Wars for Pixar and they bought it, bought it from (laughs) them. Um, Industrial light and magic, like the stuff you saw in those movies was never seen before. And which made it such a spectacle on the big screen. Um, and then I know when he remade Star Wars for, I believe it was like the 20th anniversary in the 90s, he was always super upset that you had this great sound quality in the theaters, but then when you went home, it was kind of boring. So he remastered the sound and made that a thing um, for everybody out there. So I think that'd be super interesting. So yes, there's my nerdy side, everybody. I love me some Star Wars. <laughs> Well, I'll follow it up with a nerdy, uh, similar um, kind of genre is I would love one on Game of Thrones. So not necessarily specifically the last season, but I think there's an element. There's a lot of backlash and criticism of the last season, but there's so much there. Uh, I would love to kind of go behind the scenes of the making of, get some of the actors and actresses' perspectives on on, – and even the showrunners like perspective on how everything played out over the course of all the seasons. Um, and then even the first season had a bunch, they had to like reshoot the pilot, I think, and recast it um, before it actually launched. That ends up being one of the most successful pilots and um, one of the best episodes of TV in a, in a really long time. Uh, so I would just love to kind of hear about the, the making of that show. Cause it's such a like huge uh, production um, and it just had such a hold on the, um, like, on the monocultural, like, world uh, that everyone was talking about it. Um, and so, yeah, I'd love to kind of get a behind-the-scenes look at 
everything there from the George R. R. Martin interviews and talking about it, which he's already shared a lot, but I think it would just be cool to see in a documentary. Yeah, I remember, yeah, I, know, I know how crazy you are about it. I remember us driving back from Tennessee and you're in the front seat. Like, you're, yeah, you're the front yes, seat of your watching car on your phone trying to watch it uh, on the way back. So, yeah. um, I mean, that is definitely a generational thing. I have not watched Game of Thrones. It has nothing to do with not liking it or anything like that. Um, I'm just I got so far behind and I just haven't taken the time to catch up yet. Yeah. It's in your, it's in your wheelhouse. It's worth yeah. Same here. We, uh, I know Heather, Heather read, I want to say like three or four of the books. Um, but we've never jumped into the actual series yet, but it's on the list. We definitely want to, um, that's one to watch. Yeah. My pop culture one. Um, I would have to go with, you know, I really want a documentary about Jay-Z and Beyonce Ooh, <laughs> and, uh, and their their life because there's just been so much drama, you know, around their albums and what are they really saying to each other, what really happened. And I think it would just give great perspective into that time of hip hop rap um, as well. So that's that's mine. I'm a big Jay-Z that's fan. A good one. That'd be a, that'd be an awesome one. Yeah. I, I would I would definitely watch that. I know you're a big fan of Jay Z, so yeah, that would be uh, especially if they included like the Lemonade stuff, yeah, and, and even his follow up four four four, yeah, um, and even the breakup which, of him and Kanye, kinda. Yeah, uh, that's that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, I would want all. I'd watch all. Of <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's have some people. Yeah, but uh, whoever out there listening, get on that, please. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Five and six on Sunday, so looking forward to that. Sounds like they're going to dive into Dream Team um, things. Yeah, so halfway we'll through. Be, yeah, uh, we'll be following up on that in the next next week's episode. But really loving the show so far, Last Dance, and uh, really can't wait to see uh, where the next few episodes uh, go. For sure, I'm really excited for it. All right. So let's lead into and close out um, with our weekly awards called the Sporties. Um, we have a bunch listed out here. Um, I'll start, and this is kind of last dance related. I have two, or actually three, or and I think is it Nate? Did you add? Yeah, I one added, I added one okay. for the last dance. So we got like, yeah, so we got like four in here. First one is I'm still here award, and that's for Carmen Electra. I just honestly completely forgot about her. Uh, as like a uh, <laughs> pop culture person. And when the trailer came out, I now know who that person was in the trailer, but I was like, come on, girl? Anthony, you're better that than is. that. I didn't. Oh, I'm telling God. you, I had no idea. I completely forgot. And I didn't even know if she dated or was married to you. To marry. Oh, yeah. 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 I do remember that for sure. How could you forget Carmen Electra? Come on, man. That's, that's shameful. Know, dude. Recency bias. I remember being a big fan. Obviously, not up, that big of no, a fan. Shame yeah, on you. she's like no, no, she's iconic. Yeah, I, she got lost in the uh, the mixture of things. Um, and then Dennis Rodman related. I had at least I showed up. <laughs> and that was for him coming in his in his pajamas to practice. Um, so that, I thought that was really funny to see him kind of walking out on the court and that. And then best dancer, oh, I had Jerry Lord. Krause. That was oh my so god, funny watching him. <laughs> Yeah, dancing with Scotty on the uh, the plane after it. I think it was their first title. Uh, is that where you learned there. to dance, Anthony? I know you. Uh, did, did you pick Ooh. up a move or two from Jerry Krause while watching that? <laughs> yeah, I must have. I must have. I mean, uh, 
that's uh he had some moves more than i would have expected from uh someone yeah. like him mine was mine uh, was the sniff brothers which i thought that i was watching that i thought it was so funny when they came <laughs> the equipment guy came in and said that but that guy's hair oh blonde. my gosh oh my god the curls that is a 90s perm right there so for people, the Sniff Brothers were that was Michael's uh, security. His detail, like yeah, five or six yeah. months, yeah. Uh, that those haircuts. I have one to add funny. in. Um, I didn't um, add it in here, but I do have one to add in. And funny, you talked about CD Lamb earlier. Um, I think he should get fa- fastest hands uh, and best awareness. Oh my uh, god! You know he to paint the picture for people if you didn't see it. He's on the couch next to his girlfriend. Um, and he's on two phones, probably like his agent's phone and then his phone. His mm-hmm. girlfriend went for his phone, <laughs> picked it up. He snatched it without even taking his eyes off of what he was watching on TV. Snatched it out of her hand, took oh, it right yeah. back, and was just like, nah, nah, Immediately. nah. So <laughs> a little more into that, Trey Young chirped him a little bit, who also went to um, Oklahoma. And then mm-hmm. it obviously, as mm-hmm. Twitter does its thing and the internet does its thing, internet being undefeated, um, they think they figured out that that's Trey Young's ex girlfriend, also. So, uh, oh, stuff coming out there. But yeah, uh, wow. he got the best hands in the league, clearly, right there, and he put them on display right away. That's funny. I, I'm excited uh, with hands. <laughs> like that. Uh, the. Other actually, my other awards were all NFL based. So the first one related to that is Best Bachelor Pad, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, that house looked like a drug lord's house. That was just like amazing. I, I've never seen a house like that in, in comparison to some of the other setups that we saw. Like that was just uh, he so is living the dream. That uh, he's is he engaged, you know, married, engaged. Not, I couldn't find anything about him, his dating life. So I think he could be completely single. I, I have no idea, but that house oh, looked incredible. Oh, windows. I mean, it's like all windows. Yeah. It was just looking out into it. Like, it was all white, like completely modern. It looked amazing. Um, the germaphobe award I gave to Dave Gettleman because he wore yes. a face yes. mask inside <laughs> his own home and no one else around him. Uh, I compared it, I compared it in my newsletter to someone putting on a bathing suit and sunscreen. Hey, listen, you know, those house. lights in the bathroom yes. are pretty strong, personally. So, yeah, yeah. you got to get those. Do yeah, for not, sensitive yeah, skin. UV Do not make fun of people for taking care of their fair skin. So that is just rude. And some people <laughs> might take offense to that. Okay. <laughs> I think everyone yeah, does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and my last one, I had a breakfast of champions to, uh, I didn't, catch this when it was happening live but someone shared a, a screenshot of it so i grabbed it it's uh goes to ben barch who was a offensive lineman from st john's where it gave out his daily protein shake you guys want to hear it yeah. yeah seven eggs cottage cheese Ugh. grits peanut butter banana and gatorade which i want to know what flavor of gatorade uh but would you drink this? Um, I don't. Ooh. I have. I would have to try it. Yeah. I have. I have drank. No way. Before. Um, not regularly in any way. I think it was just something I did in high school just to say I did it. Um, I mean, if you mix them in, they're probably yep. not that bad. Um, but seven. You, 
seven of them with some cottage cheese and grits and Gatorade. Gatorade does not fit. <laughs> the Gatorade's got to be like the water. Oh, the for water sure. Base. He's tapping on pounds. Like he just wants to get as many calories and as much protein as he can in one chug. So he is just putting it all in a blender and just chugging it down. Um, so, I mean, yeah. I believe he was. <laughs> I'm with Ant on this I one. Believe... What Gatorade? Yeah, true. I'll do the peanut I butter believe... and banana. I bet it's crunchy peanut butter. <laughs> that is a debate for another day. We will not get into peanut butter, whether it's creamy or crunchy. <laughs> but, um, okay. All right. I cut you um, off. Go ahead, Case. But uh, big thing on him, though, first Division three player taken in the last five years. Which is yeah, huge. Um, Which is huge. There's the that last one, exciting. I believe, is on the Buccaneers. He's a lineman and still in the league. That's a nice uh, high note to end on. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the last dance stuff. We'll see what other sports stories come out over the next week. Um, and maybe we'll – should we start the Parks and Rec um, competition for next week? Or Sure. Uh, no, you want to wait on that? Uh, we could start – what do we want to do? One through five, one through four. Um, Let's do, there's six in the first season. We could either do just the first season or we could just do three and three. So you just do like one through three and then three through six. Let's do three. Yeah, I like that too. Okay. All right. So we'll do one through three. So we'll do, uh, write down anything of note, whether good or positive, like positive or negative, uh, that goes for you too, Casey, and for me on the, the negative side of things. The first season of Parks and Rec is not ah! good, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Point, what? It's the same for Casey. The Office, too. Point, Casey. The office. Point, Casey. The first season yeah, of Office it, is It's the, the same for The, the office. office. This is great. I don't want to hear this. Let's let's wait till we get into yeah, it. Yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah. I'm just saying, scoreboard, uh, one, Casey, Anthony, zero. We'll just put that out there. We'll... But, uh, we'll... <laughs> We'll retally next I, week. I agree. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, it was fun talking to you guys, and uh, we'll for sure again next week.